Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is the Unplayable Podcast, previewing the second test between Australia and India here in Bengaluru. Joining me, as always, is cricket.com.au senior writer Andrew Ramsey. And before we get to the second test, let's quickly reflect on the first test. And Rambo, has it sunk in yet that we're sitting here with Australia 1-0 up? Yes. Well, I haven't been to Bengaluru for so long. The last time I was here, it was Bangalore. So the, this is nostalgia all round, Sam. 1-0 uh, up. It's, uh, yeah, that's it. We've come to grips with that, haven't we? We've accepted that. We've read the reviews. We've uh, gone through the entrails. We've thrown it against a wall and see what it all meant. And uh, yes, we're comfortable with where we're at. Rambo, you've seen test matches you know, from the 19th century, the 20th century, now the 21st century. Out of that uh, first test in Pune, what surprised you the most? The result. Um, <laughs> I think just the fact that uh, the, it was conditions that were supposed to suit the home team against a team that had never before in... Well, certainly in the last five years, shown any inclination that they can play in those conditions. So uh, I think that was the big surprise. Not only that they mastered them or mastered them uh, to the extent that they could win, but the fact that uh, the home team couldn't come to grips with them at all. Uh, their batting was poor in both innings. Their bowling, uh, while it was good, was not quite as uh, lethal as the Australians. So uh, I think that was the big surprise. It was like they'd swapped shirts but it's kept mm. that everyone's wearing the same colour uniform even that makes no sense you're right uh, let's start with the fallout from the first test Rambo and we'll start off with the pitch I mean it was all the talk before the game during the game and most of it afterward as, as well after ICC match referee Chris Broad he rated the pitch as poor 31 wickets fell to spin on that wicket 76 overs were bowled by the spinners it appears we haven't heard the end of this one Rambo got the BCCI of 14 days to respond, what's going to what's that mean for the future of Test cricket in Pune? Yeah, interesting one because if you read some of the local papers, they suggest that the uh, curator at Pune, Mr. Salgakar, who we uh, spoke to prior to the test, and mm. he said the ball was going to fly off that. I, I, he may have actually said the ball was going to fly through it. I just didn't miss that in the translation from the Marathi. So, um, but clearly, the papers suggest that the BCCI's pitch. Officials had come in and uh, mm. given some instruction in the days leading into the test, which they can do. Uh, they are the uh, final arbiters of pitch preparation for test matches in India. So um, I guess that may be part of the uh, response from the BCCI as to who was uh, responsible for the, the preparation of a pitch, which was clearly um, overcooked when the test started. And it's not often that um, ICC match referees rate pitches as poor. It's something they're not very keen to do given that you know, pitches fall apart sometimes there are extenuating weather circumstances mm. there are um, unique local characteristics so Chris Broad I think he was the match referee uh, in Sri Lanka when the goal pitch which was heavily criticized by some people and he gave that a clean bill of health um, so this one was clearly very poor even though it only shows poor on its report card mm. uh, it doesn't all go well for Pune hosting their first test match ever having it over in less than three days um, and you know, the local home or the home team not being able to reach 120 in either of its innings. So uh, either they need to uh, have a look at the wicket block there if they're going to schedule more tests or perhaps run a rule over the people who come in and give the instructions on pitch preparation because I think they got that one wrong. Mm. There's actually 76% of the overs that were bowled 
by spinners, not 76 overs. Rambo, apologies, mate. I know you... I was about to correct you there. Thank you, mate. What about the BCCI having final say on pitches? It seems like it's a different rule everywhere in the world. Australia, they've made it pretty adamant that the curators run their own race there, that Cricket Australia have absolutely no influence on the wickets there. In England, we've heard in the past that they've produced slow, low wickets to negate Australia's fast bowling and and help their spin bowling. I remember when Graham Swan was playing that that's sort of the strategy they employed over there it just seems odd that the ICC I guess don't have any control over that and that there's no one uniform rule for pitches in all the countries uh, no and some, some people would argue that that's what gives test cricket its unique character is that you go to different countries different conditions you get vastly different pitches um, there are some home boards that like to have a little bit more control some curators who think that their pitch is their baby and they should be able to prepare what they see fit as being the best cricket wicket. Um, there has been problems you know, in the past. There was that famous test in Nagpur not long ago where the pitch was rated poor, and I think that's when the, the BCCI decided they needed to have a little bit more oversight of the production mm. of pitches. Um, there's certainly been stories here in the past of local curators who are perhaps at war with the administration and decide to prepare a pitch that's contrary to what uh, they're expected to. So um, maybe they just want a little bit more continuity, a little bit more consistently in pitch preparation but I, I don't know if the ICC has a, a role there to come in oversee the preparation of pitches in every country it's a bit like going into someone else's kitchen and telling them how to produce their local dish mm. they know the ingredients they know what makes the best uh, perhaps they just let them serve it up and see what happens and even though it was rated poor uh, Virat Kohli said it, the pitch wasn't the reason why India collapsed so catastrophically in both innings and even Murali Vijay who spoke on Wednesday he said it was a good wicket he goes he likes playing on those wickets because uh, it challenges his technique and, his, and it's a test of his character. So I guess um, on one side that even though the game only finished uh, just short of nine sessions that the players, some of them at least, didn't mind it at all. Well, didn't look, the pitch didn't look all that difficult when the Australians were batting even early on the what turned out to be the final day. Um, mm. Steve Smith managed to get himself to 100. He was dropped a couple of times but that wasn't um, the directly a result of the pitch. It wasn't as if both teams were battling to lay bat on ball throughout the entire time. It seemed to be playing all right in patches Um and you probably can't say it was an unplayable pitch, unlike this podcast, mm. um, because the team that won ended up 333 runs in advance. That's so uh, clearly someone could bat on it. It just wasn't the Indians. <laughs> That's right. Uh, speaking of Indians, Harmajan Singh, he's been made to eat his words. Rambo, he predicted a 4-0 result to the hosts. Then he also said that this was one of the weakest Australian sides ever to tour India. So he got that bold prediction wrong. Uh, he said it wasn't a true test match wicket and then he's not going to judge Stephen O'Keefe's man of the match performance 12 for 70 until he bowls on a good wicket give me a spell Harbajan come on mate surely he's just got to congratulate the Australians and he admit that he got that one wrong I think he's been trolled on social media by uh, everyone reminding him that he actually did get that prediction wrong maybe, uh, no, got, the, maybe he got the team wrong 4-0 well uh, I would find that hard to believe um, I don't think he's misquoted himself there um I'm no student of history, Sam, as you know, but uh, they seem to remember there's some issue between Harbhajan Singh and Australian cricket. So perhaps that's just uh, him being true to character, being a little bit inflammatory. Um, He was a a polarising figure on the field. He Mm. likes to say controversial things and draw attention to himself, which in the the modern era is not such a rare thing. So maybe he's just... Uh, creating a couple of headlines. 4-0 was ambitious. He always used to work for Glenn McGrath. Yeah. He was part of a team that often used to deliver. But, um, yeah, the, the rating of Steve O'Keefe was probably a little bit harsh. I think you need to, at some point, say, yes, he bowled well. Um, if it was 
you know, such a conducive pitch to the spinners, then why didn't the Indian spinners return similar figures? Um, the suggestion that they were actually better spinners therefore spun the ball too far and couldn't hit the edge of the bat seems a little bit far-fetched. Mm. And, uh, I'm not sure I've seen too many test matches lost by that margin because the other team was just simply too good to get the edge. Uh, <laughs> I think even by Harpajan's standard, that's probably stretching it a touch. Right, let's uh, look ahead to the second test uh, here in Bengaluru. Uh, we'll start with the pitch, Rambo, uh, at the M. Chennaswamy Stadium. And uh, from first glance today, it looks like there's more grass than a Snoop Dogg concert. You know who Snoop Dogg is? Uh, yes, he's that famous curator at uh, one of the venues in the West Indies, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, but on close inspection, it uh, looks like there's plenty of cracks on the wicket. Uh, there's a very lush outfield. The entire wicket square is nice and green. It's not abrasive like the one we saw in Pune. However, the practice wickets are, uh, are said to be uh, pretty similar to the one they can expect out there in the middle, and that apparently is quite abrasive. So from the outset of the outfield, it looks like there won't be much reverse swing, but it looks like that ball's going to rough up and the fast bowls again will come into it hopefully a little bit more than they did in uh, in Pune. It'll be more rough than a Snoop Dogg concert. Um, <laughs> if I spoke to someone who said uh, they'd had a close look at it and it looks quite bare in patches. It's got some good grass on it, but there seem to be a couple of strange bare patches. Um, uh, curiously, probably around about the area where the spinners would land the ball. So uh, mm. uh, I don't know what whether that's just uh, one of the quirks of grass growing or... Um, certainly they were doing a lot of work on it today. They were plunging instruments into it to gauge the uh, the moisture level in the pitch. So they weren't that, screwdrivers. No, so someone thought they were. It was, the curator was pushing a screwdriver in just back of a length, but it turns out it was uh, a moisture-reading device, mm. which is not unusual in the pitch preparation. A bit like a meat thermometer in the kitchen. A bit like um, it. So uh, they seem to think, the Australians seem to think it will be quite, um, will take a bit of spin. Mm-hmm. It was not going to be a green top, despite the little sort of hint of mat of grass on it. Uh, and like you say, it'll, the ball will chop up reasonably well. It should be a pretty good batting strip for the first couple of days, I'm told. It's a small ground as mm. well. Fast scoring, short boundaries. Um, even though the, it's quite lush, the outfield, I think it's reasonably fast. They don't uh, let it grow. So uh, it'll be a, a game that, probably like the one in Pune, that moves a bit in fast forward. Yes, well, as we said, there's a lot of grass on the week, but we expect that to be clipped off before Saturday's uh, day one. Remember, we had a sort of a vantage point, probably 30, 40 metres from the net practice nets today, and we saw Nathan Lyon Bowley got a few to bite and, and spin. Uh, I'm sure he'll play play a big part, along with Stephen O'Keefe in this test. Uh, yes, there was a couple of... Uh, the spinner's net, there was a couple of different nets. The fast bottles were operating in a different one. And even Stephen O'Keefe got a couple to bite and turn. Uh, I don't know if Harbhajan Singh was watching, but mm. uh, that may not have been the sort of pitch that he had in mind. Uh, yeah, without a doubt, in the last day or two, the spinners will play a role, and it might be the Indian spinners uh, find the pitch to their liking if they can uh, uh, get some traffic on that pitch early on. Uh, they come into their own. Um, I think it's uh, you'd have to think that more wickets would fall to spin than, than pace in this test, given that it's not going to be a... Uh, a massive green seamer reverse swing might be the trick as you said but uh, I think the two Australian spinners are going to find themselves bowling quite a few overs yeah and M Chinnaswamy Stadium here in Bengaluru is a venue that Australia's done well at five test matches they've won twice drawn two times and lost just the once in fact remember we actually spoke to a, a former Australia test player at the conclusion of the Pune tests who said that back in his time the Aussies used to pencil in and win every time they came to Bangalore uh, yes, and he was a player who didn't play that long ago. Um, of course, he's our mystery player for this podcast. Yep. People can try and guess. Well, put the pieces of the puzzle together and guess that it was, in fact, Shane Warne. Oh, that was just giving it away. <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, he looked at the record that they've had here. He said when they arrived, that was the almost like the Lords of mm. India because yes. the Australians love going to Lords. They've got a great record you there. You put that term, didn't you? I did put that term, and he agreed, so therefore he said it. Um, <laughs> and uh, the record does suggest that it's a, a venue that suits them. They feel comfortable here. I think it's uh, probably as far as Indian cities go, it's probably as Western as any of them. They've, it's a bit more comfortable for them. Um, so all those factors play into it. Uh, the fact that they're 1-0 up means they come here with a, quite a bit of confidence, and given their record at this ground, they may feel doubly so. Yes, and we saw how positively they played in the second innings with 155 runs in their back pocket. They've got a 1-0 lead in their back pocket this time. Rambo, do you think they're going to play with a lot more freedom now because they're ahead of the game, ahead of the series? I don't think you can play with that freedom when you've got so much stuff in your pockets. But, uh, yeah, I think the, they would look at that pitch and think that probably suits their natural game a bit more. They they are natural stroke makers, most of them, and they did have to, as David Warner said to us this morning, had to rein it in a bit in Pune. Um, so you might think they might have a bit more confidence hitting through the ball. Um, they'll get a lot more overs out of their fast bowlers, which has always been their preference to uh, turn to them, use the spinners once the, the pitch starts to wear and tear um, so it probably takes them back into their comfort zone a bit so you'd have to think they've got a bit of a pep in their step heading into this one and who knows if they win this one Sam then uh, mm. they can't be beaten in the series that's huge uh, let's talk selection it's going to be hard for Australia to change a winning side Rambo even if this pitch does suit the seamers I think it would be very difficult for them to squeeze Jackson Bird in there they'd probably have to drop a spinner which seems very unlikely and Mitchell Marston bowl one delivery in Pune so he's nice and fresh and the fast bowls I think between them they bowl 20 overs so they're ready to go so no no changes this far out uh, it's pretty hard to see who would come in um, you know they've got one spare batsman Usman Kawaja who was having a fairly lengthy chat to the coach and selector Darren Lehman at training Pune the other day, uh, what would have been day five of the test. You can't think that any of the batters did anything particularly wrong to suggest they would lose their spot. Um, the all-rounder spot, um, as you say, Mitch Marsh didn't bowl in the overs, but he made a fairly handy score in the second innings, and their other option is a spin-bowling all-rounder. Um, either Ashton Agar or Glenn Maxwell, or neither of those have done a power of work mm. on this tour. Um, they, You'd have to be think they couldn't really drop a spinner heading into a test in India. Um, you have to be a lush, raging seamer for them to consider playing three quicks, I would think. Yeah. Um, so, no, I think it's it's unlikely they would change that 11 unless someone goes down with a, a bout of something or other between now and the coin toss on Saturday morning. It also makes it interesting that if having won the first test, that you think that this team would remain unchanged definitely for this test and then probably the next one because they've, they've done the business in Pune. If they do lose here in Bengaluru, um, probably want to reward performance and stick with them. So you'd think probably the only change if, if results started to go south would be in that fourth test. Uh, yeah, it's a winning team is hard to change, as mm. they say. And you have the options they've got in this squad aren't huge. They've It's mainly spin bowlers. So um, if they've got three of those sitting in the wings, if you consider Glenn Maxwell to be one of them um there's not really that many other options is there it's the, an extra batter and an extra fast bowler so it would really only be injury or fatigue that you'd think would foresee a change unless they are in the unforeseen position of mm. having this series one and they can play whoever they want they might give you a game sam no i don't think so we've got a leg spinner in the squad uh, what about india k rahul uh he damaged his shoulder in the first test but apparently he's gonna be fit to play uh the batting collapses um from india in that first test 
perhaps they might bolster their batting, being Curran Nair into the team. We've got 300 in his last test match, but if that pitch is a bit flat, perhaps they'll still stick with those five bowlers. And plus, it's only been one test loss this season for India at home soil, so on home soil, so probably not going to hit the panic button just yet, are they? I wouldn't have thought so. They seem quite relaxed from what I've uh, seen of them in and around the, uh, the hotel here and even in Pune. I don't think that uh, they were probably the person who's in the most doubt now that K.L. Rahul's shoulder has been stitched back together and his arm has been put back on mm. is the off spinner giant Yadav who uh, didn't have a great test match he didn't bowl a lot of overs he's probably the, th- knew the third spinner as such so whether they play the extra batter um, bank on themselves to you know, bat beyond 600 if in the first innings uh, give themselves something to bowl at but even then if you've got that sort of a pitch in, you're going to have to go through a lot of overs you'd have to think at the opposition, so they might want a fifth bowling option, and perhaps if they uh, stick with the batting lineup they've got, they may bring in the extra seamer. Mm. I think Bhuvneshwar Kumar is uh, lurking in the wings. Uh, he's uh, been touted by some as an option, or there is a leg spinner in the squad, I understand. So that might be their trump card. They can come out with a wrist spinner who the Australians haven't seen, and uh, that might give them the X factor that they need to get one all in the series. You're all over at Rambo. Uh, actually, we've got to mention that in the wake of that first test with those couple of days off, the Indian team up to the hills in Pune for a bit of a bonding trip. Vijay said, oh, he said on Wednesday that it was a bit of fun, a bit out of the ordinary. Had a good time up there. We've seen boot camps in Australian cricket before Rambo. That's normally before the tour starts. Uh, midway through the series, it's a bit, a bit strange. Um, it has been done before. The South Africans have been known to do, I think. They did it during a one-day series in Zimbabwe a couple of years ago where they had a few spare days and they went bush, went camping, uh, um, sat, around, sat around the campfire and uh, strummed acoustic guitars and uh, ate bush meat, as they t- one tends to do in Africa, and they came back and ended up winning that tournament. So perhaps that has something to be said for it. The thing about India is that they've played so much cricket in their own season here. This is their will be their 11th test mm. match of what is effectively a summer it's, the, it's not summer by the calendar but cricket season um so they've been together a lot going from hotel to hotel stadium to stadium um you're testing against new zealand england bangladesh and now australia so any chance to break that routine um as some of the australians have said their chance to go to dubai and freshen up for a, a while even before they came to india was uh, something that was welcome I'm not quite sure that's the same as retreating to the Pune Hills and getting spiritually in touch, mm. uh, sitting around and uh, bonding. But um, you never, they, it can't hurt, I don't think. I don't think they need any more net sessions. That's not going to help them at this stage of the season. It raises a good point, though. If this is their 11th, going to be their 11th test in their season, is fatigue starting to set in, do you think? Maybe they've played a lot of cricket. We see Australian players rested all the time to try and avoid fatigue, but it seems like these 11 guys or the squad of played most of these games. Uh, Virat Kohli's been in charge of all of them. Ashwin and Jadeja have been prominent. Uh, they've bowled a lot, a lot of overs in this season. Is fatigue maybe one of the factors that we could read into Pune and potentially this freshen up in the hills of Pune? Yeah, I don't know how refreshing that is, to be honest. It's, it's quite sort of hot and desert-like, but uh, it's not like... I don't think maybe an ashram there, I'm not sure. The uh, fatigue could well be... In fact, they looked a bit flat. In Pune, I've got to say, in comparison to the Australians, um, uh, whether it's just they thought they would uh, be able to roll them over quite, not easily, but without uh, too much resistance in their own conditions. Um, but you'd have to think that when those wickets started to fall in both innings and then continued at a clatter, they did look like they were a little bit uh, shell-shocked and bereft of answers. Um, even in the field on that 
last morning as the Australians pushed the lead sort of past 350 towards 400. Um, there was a few slumped shoulders and almost resignation waiting for them to, mm. to get those last few wickets so they could start the the pursuit of what was going to be always going to be a fairly futile chase. Yeah. Um, so they may have just had a flat game, maybe just the end of a long season they needed. As Virat Kohli said in his post-match media conference, it might have been the kick up the pants that mm. they needed. So whether there was any pant kicking going on up in the Pune Hills, who knows? But uh, I think that we might see a vastly different opponent come Bengaluru. Rain is forecast for every day, but speaking to the locals here, Rainbow, they believe that it will come in the afternoon, so the early starts at 9.30 local time. Hopefully we'd avoid the rain. However, there is a new drainage system here at M. Chinnaswamy Stadium, and it's set to be the envy of every cricket ground in the world. Apparently, heavy rain can be drained away in just 90 seconds, and it takes only 20 minutes from the end of a downpour for the service to be ready for play. This sounds a little bit too good to be true, but let's hope it is in case the rain does come. Yeah, there's nothing more exciting in cricket than a good drainage system. I think this is the sort of thing that gets people back to the game. Certainly, if they'd had one in Napier a couple of weeks ago, then uh, who knows, that game would have started within three or four minutes of the rain stopping, which was around yeah. about 10 o'clock in the morning, from what I understand, so... Um, it's good news. They do this part of the world. They do get some heavy downpours. It's a very lush green outfield. That's for sure. They certainly yep. haven't lacked for putting water on it in the past. Um, so you'd have to hope that if there is rain interruptions, um, they're kept to a minimum. But uh, that might be a little extra factor. Having to start innings, stop innings, come on and off the field. That can always mess with people's concentration. Mm. So that might become whatever. That's a Y factor. Is that what comes after the X factor? Uh, X, Y, yeah, and then Z sort of pokes out. Yeah, right. What about in terms of tactics? It seems Australia have shown their hand in Pune. They've played the blind of the ball when they were batting. They've bowled lots of spin, even bowling with a new ball. India did the same thing. They've shown their certain field settings for certain batsmen. How are we expecting India to respond now that they've seen Australia and what they've got and what they've prepared for? Um, they're certainly going to take them very seriously. I think they probably realise mm. that they're not the, uh, the pushover that they looked to be in Sri Lanka last year when they had no idea against spin um couldn't get their own spinners to to rattle through the opposition so uh their fielding's been very good they look very switched on so i think the indians will realize they're up for a fight um there's no question of that they'll also probably have had their first look at a couple of those batters in the flesh they may have seen some video of matt renshaw and Mm. peter hanscom and co but until you actually get to bowl to them and see them uh, how they play in test match conditions you probably can't formulate a complete plan so They'll be wiser for that. They would have seen Steve O'Keefe and what he does. Maybe they would have picked the one that goes on with the arm. Certainly Virat Kohli will probably be a little more wary of that one after he uh, shouldered arms and had his off stump flattened. So um, you have to think they'll be well prepared. And I don't think as much as they've been sitting up in the Pune Hills uh, communing with nature, they've probably also been studying video and working on a few things in the team room and the practice mm-hmm. nets. And what did Australia learn from that test, Rambo? that they can mix it up with the best in the world on foreign soil, that when the game moves quickly that they can go with them. I think their plan was the whole test match just to bat long and take the game deep, but when the game is moving so quickly, it shows they're pretty strong front runners. Yeah, if they learn anything, then probably the most valuable thing they learn is that they can win in India. I think mm. uh, it's been a while since any team's even experienced that, let alone played in one. Um, I think Darren Lehman's the only person in the touring party who's experienced that back in 2004. Um, there may be a couple who've... Kadich, he was there. Well, Kadich was the... Uh, Simon Kadich was the uh, guest consultant today, I guess. He just sort of the back well, true, of the necks yeah, and true, just anyway. watched on. He wasn't in the touring party when the first test was played. Uh, he's been a late call-up, I think. Uh, mm. 
given the team kit. Um, so that's probably number one. Number two is that, you know, the fact that India can be beaten on their own patch. So you realise that they're mortal after all. Then these guys aren't just going to come out and do things that no other player can do in Indian conditions. Um, whether that lasts the remainder of the series, I don't know. But uh, I also realise that the, the work they've done, a lot of it after the Sri Lanka series in Dubai, and uh, they always talk about how every player's been told to go away and come back with a plan. Mm. So they've formulated their plans of how to score. They've got plan A, plan B, all the way through to X Factor. Um, so that's clearly worked. They've managed to f- score runs, um, take wickets, hold their catches. They're close to the wicket. Catching's been outstanding. Um, so all the little things that have they've worked on seem to have come right. So then you'd have, you've got faith in your blueprint, which means you've got uh, faith in your squad. That's right. That's time for the bold prediction, Rambo. Now, uh, yours, series prediction, is still alive, isn't it? Yes, because you picked Matt Swapson to play a game, and he still could play a game. Yes, sorry, I thought you meant the scoreline of the series. I can't remember doing one. We didn't do one. Well, we didn't do one. Um, Yeah, no, I I still think that Mitch Swepson will play at some stage. He's, uh, whether they suddenly find themselves behind in the series, they might need an X factor going into the final (laughs) test. If they're in front of the series, they might uh, need to play a young kitty in the Indian conditions and see how he goes. So I think he'll still play. Does that mean I need to come up with another uh, bold prediction? Well, we need a bold prediction for the second test. Okay, this is as bold as it gets in test cricket. I think this test will go into the fifth day. Huge. Not just because it's rain, because apparently it's got a NASA-designed drainage system, but uh, just I think uh, the teams will put up a lot better show. There'll be a lot more batting depth. There'll be a lot more runs. There'll be a lot more overs bold. There'll be Mm. a lot more day five action. Wonderful. Uh, Well, my bold prediction, because considering my series prediction has already come off, did I tell you that? Bridget Australia to win a game. They've done that. I forgot, I must have tuned out for that bit. Uh, my bold prediction is for Peter Hanscom to score a century. He's already got two in the baggy green. He looked pretty good without kicking on in Pune. So I think Bangalore might be a place that he reaches three figures for the first time on Indian soil. That's not putting any pressure on him at all. So I think that's a fair call. Next time you hear from us, it'll be after day one reviewing uh, all the action you pumped up, Rambo. I am. I'm very much looking forward to this, especially seeing the new drainage system. I can't wait for it to rain. Until then, head to cricket.com.au for all your news scores and video on Australia's Qantas Tour of India. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.